This is the Triangle's Afternoon News with Rick and Donna Martinez. Well, Rick, on Friday we had a big-time ruling out of federal court. Uh, This went against the Trump administration. You may recall uh, late last year the Trump administration ended the DACA program, the Deferred uh, Action on, I can't remember what the CA stands for, but... Childhood Arrivals, thank you. And that would be our guest, um, Steve Rao, who is a council member from Morrisville. He's also a board member of the group New American Economy. And um, so Steve is really interested in the issue of immigration, uh, mostly on the legal side, as we talk about um, what Steve's group thinks our economy needs. But Steve, first, welcome. And uh, what's your reaction to this federal court ruling say that saying that DACA must be restarted and, in fact, that the administration much must start accepting new applications for people who want to um, be covered under DACA. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it was uh, for me. Well, first Steve, of all, you want to go ahead and speak right in the First moment. of all, it's great to be here on WPTF with with uh, Rick and Donna. And um, I was surprised that uh, Judge John Bates, first of all, was a Bush appointee from George W. Bush. And so I just didn't see this coming. And uh, I think it's, um, once again, the seesaw we're seeing politically. You know, now they're basically, ju- you know, questioning the legitimacy of President Trump's administration doing this, and now we got to start all over granting new DACA recipients. And it led me to look at, as a new American economy, as the Congress and the President makes this decision, we just want them to look at the economics of impacts of these decisions. So there, you know, we often forget that in North Carolina, which is the ninth largest state, there's 38,000 DACA eligible, which 90% of them work, and they bring in $64 million of taxes annually to the state. 35.7 in state and local taxes. So there's also an economic argument here that I think needs to be made in terms of... Well, sure, you we, can make an economic argument. You can make a political argument. You can make any argument you want uh, as the new... Uh, I'm talking about your position on the new American economy. But it means nothing if this is going to be decided by the judiciary. Uh, you know, And so you know, it's just basically a judge and a couple of lawyers, not... Whereas if it... You know, it was legislatively, you know, you could make, you could go to Senator Tillis and everybody and their brother. Um, I mean, is that kind of frustrating for your it, guys? It's very frustrating because, I mean, that's a great point, Rick. I mean, I think that there's actually been a lot of headway made on immigration on some of the skill-based stuff we talked about last time with, yeah. you know, Republicans and Democrats coming together to reduce the cap uh, you know, with GC reforms on the skilled immigration, uh, transitioning jobs making sure that spouses can work. Yeah. And it took a lot of work. And then all of a sudden, and actually Senator Tillis a few months ago saw a potential compromise on DACA, which I found very frustrating. So here we are closing in on August and it's like we're back to square one because the judges are coming in. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether um, it's this constant battle with the lawyers, uh, litigation back and forth, back and forth, lots of lawsuits against uh, the president on this, DACA, lots of lawsuits on the refugees uh, status. And so, you know, it's, well, let me uh, ask you a question that, you know, because you're you're a sitting public official, you got to go out there and, you know, knock on doors and, you know, expend shoe leather and make your case, bef- you know, before the people. I mean, how, how would it feel is like, you know, if the every time this Morris, uh, Morrisville City Council and mayor make decisions and so forth that you got, you know, people saying, oh, the heck with that. We're going to we're going to take you to court. Uh, it would be frustrating. I mean, I, I must admit, any any time you make a decision and you're sued, and then you got to stop and start over. Yeah. So I think that's part of the problem in our country is that 
you know, pretty much a decision made, get a bunch of lawyers sue, and then stop the progress, <laughs> and then keep going back and forth. And when you think about the General Assembly, how much money has been gone back and forth suing for, you know, from HP2, millions of dollars, you know, Good hundreds point. of millions of dollars going to lawyers as the state loses millions of dollars. So, um, and now, well, you and, know. And, so. and in my opinion, I think what is happening, I think this is very sad for for democracy, uh, is that People now seem unable to accept, and in my view, it's a very childish attitude, unable to accept that they've lost an election, as if somehow or another that now charts the course for the rest of their life, that there will be no change, that that they won't have an opportunity to go out and try to argue against the ideas of the people who won the last election. There seems to be a mindset that what is happening now is final, and therefore we must take unusual action, so let's just sue. Yes, and I think also the political system, my CEO of my employer, Alphan America, made a really profound statement a few weeks ago at our sales meeting where he said he challenged the sales organization to listen to understand, not listen to reply. And I thought about that. I was driving home. And I think that's a big problem with politics is that we're listening to reply to the other side rather than listening to understand. And I, and I think that's a big problem. You know, and and I guess, you know, to, to, to overburden the point, it's like back in the day, it's like, okay, you know, Councilman Rao decides that, uh, okay, uh, you know, no, no, there's not, I'm going to get rid of the leash law in, in, in the town of Morrisville. And I say, Councilman Rao, you shouldn't do that because you know, da, 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 I make my case. Uh, Councilman Rao votes, well, you, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run against Councilman Rao. I'm going to go to the people and I'm going to say that my way is better than Councilman Rao. And then you let the people decide right now. The heck with you, Councilman Rossi, in court. And then nobody gets to decide, as you put it, but the lawyers and the judges. Yeah, and I think also the other thing we haven't, we, we often, you know, we look at the tweets and the social media, and, you know, one day my GPS quit working in the car because I got a new car, and the GPS doesn't go in the car anymore. It's got to connect to the iPhone. And I don't listen to my 13 year old that stores too much stuff on my phone. So one day I couldn't find my way to a meeting on Capitol Boulevard and I almost had a nervous breakdown. And I started thinking to myself how ironic it is that in a world where we're increasingly connected, we're disconnected. And yeah, we're just plugging true. in the system and saying, let's just go. My brother's. I'm like, pull out the GPS, disconnect your device, <laughs> and let's start looking and saying, okay, how do we come to some agreement on these issues so that we can move the ball forward? Yeah. And um, speaking of and, that, that's what I want to get to. Um, Steve's going to stay with us here for a few more minutes. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about um, his membership. He's on the board of this group called the New American Economy. We're going to ask Steve exactly what is it specifically that his organization is now looking for, that they're talking with Congress about. Because Steve, as you mentioned, and there's been some progress. We'll go over that when we return. We're talking with Steve Rao. Councilman Steve Rao from the great uh, town of Morrisville is here. Did I get that right, Steve? Is it a town? It's or a it town. It's, it's, it's the greatest town of Wake County. <laughs> that's right. These guys are, these people get so know, sensitive, sensitive over town and all that sort of thing. <laughs> I like the word city. But he is also you. on the uh, board of the uh, new, uh, new American Economy, which is uh, a group that. Uh, pays attention to immigration uh, uh, issues, and their particular interest has to do more with uh, legal immigration. Uh, but, of course, you know, immigration is immigration these days. Let me, uh, Steve, um, you were you were saying that uh, something that really doesn't get talked uh, a lot about is refugees. What's going on with the re- refugee situation? Well, um, just last Steve, yeah, just mind. last week, there, it was um, rumored that President, every September the presidential administration will actually set the ceiling of refugees coming in. So President Trump actually wants to do it at twenty five thousand, uh, and we're waiting for that decision. So it, a year ago it was forty five thousand. So mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot of concern about significantly limiting 
you know, refugees that are coming in, and this is the political debate we're about to have is, you know, looking at the pros and cons of the refugees uh, coming into our country. And let's see if we if I, see if I can get this definition here. If, if, if I'm an immigrant, you know, I'm Rick Martinez, I'm from Mexico, and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I have a particular skill that I think I'll do really well in the United States, and the United States need, needs people like me, so there I apply to immigrate legally. As a, as a refugee, let's say, you know, I'm from Nicaragua and, you know, Nicaragua's falling apart or Venezuela's falling apart. The government says we're going to go after people like Rick Martinez and so forth. And therefore, that's kind of a refugee is fleeing some sort of war type thing yes. as opposed to an immigrant where there's not, no war type things to go to. Did I get that right? That's right. Simply, so anyway. An example of a refugee actually would be someone like an Albert Einstein or a Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of State, or even George Soros, who actually came from, you know, two of them from Nazi Germany to the United States, and mm-hmm. they weren't able to come legally. So I think there are refugees, even in North, in North Carolina, there's 48,000 refugees living in the state, and they that's about 4% of our population they contribute about two hundred and seventy million in taxes. So the, many of them are entrepreneurs, businesses, and they, yeah. you know, but they had to come here because they were fleeing. Oh, I see. And so, I, see. I mean, there's also an economic angle, but I think the political angle, which you and I were talking about on the quick break, was well, how do we know that refugees coming in? We how, how do we track where they're going? Yeah, and, and, and the reason that I, I know about that, when I worked with Gov- Governor McCrory, he was really ticked off at the Obama administration about the influx of, of Syrian refugees. He didn't have a problem with them with coming to North Carolina, but his point was that since the vetting process of Syria was next to nothing, he wanted the state to know you know where they were, uh, at, and the state has absolutely no way of tracking uh, any uh, refugees that come into the state. So, Steve, I got several things I want to make sure we talk about here. Um, first of all, new American economy. What specifically is it that you folks are advocating for right now? Well, the first thing, new American economy, just a reminder for those who are just joining me the first time on this issue. It's a coalition of bipart- a bipartisan coalition of mayors, business leaders, all focused on comprehensive immigration reform. So former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg. Was one of the co- one of the chairs of the of the uh, organization, and it's all focused on economic benefits of immigration. How do we come together as Democrats and Republicans? So, b- the main things they want is number one, um, making it easier for skilled immigrants, many of the green card holders, to stay in America and create jobs and fund innovation, and that's by reducing the cap on green cards. So, there's bills on the House and floor, Senate, Senate floor producing that um the expanding daca protection to the dreamers the 35,000 north carolina the millions in the united states of america so that they can stay and dream and go on and produce our economy and so this federal court ruling from friday really plays well into your it your does goals. the federal court ruling the other thing we advocate is entrepreneurship visas like countries like canada and european countries are doing permits for people that are coming from other countries because we want the next google the next SaaS the next IBM, the next Amazon to be in the United States, and obviously you, we all want it to be in North Carolina. And then we're encouraging cities to be very involved. So, you know, we, you know, in Texas, they've got programs, the Gateway for Growth program, Dallas and Houston rolling out the welcome mat for immigrants. In Maine, they've got a program. But in North Carolina, the Asheville Chamber of Commerce is fighting for dreamers using tools and welcoming them into the city of Asheville. So there are things cities can do to be involved in this process, and I think it's making sure that we continue to market this data in a really good fashion so people can really make an argument of 
why we need to come together to have reform. So I want to take. I want you to ask you to take off your hat for, uh, as board member of New American Economy. Put on your hat as council member of the Town of Morrisville, which you are. Yes, and you I had hope, some news. What's yes, going on? Yes, well, the first news is that Wake Tech's RTP campus is opening tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And we want to congratulate Dr. Scott. He's the outgoing president, Dean Rita German, and my council members uh, for this great opportunity. It's going to be a state-of-the-art technology campus. All kinds of great partnerships with Lenovo and Cisco to train for cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, the jobs of the future, right there in Morrisville off 54 near McCrimmon Parkway. So it's going to be great. We're excited. And when can people actually enroll there? I think they're already enrolling, but tomorrow is the first day of school. So I'll be there at the ribbon cutting, cut the ribbon. And uh, yeah, we're excited. And it's, uh, I think I didn't realize 74,000 people are in, citizens are enrolled in Wake Wake Tech Community yeah, it's, College. It's the largest, it's the uh, largest uh, right. education in the U.S. And real quick, Steve, what's happening with a special <laughs> name change for Morrisville? Well, on August 10th, I will be a council member for the town of Smoresville. Smoresville, that's right. It's National S'mores Day, and I want to thank our Parks and Rec Department and Council, so we're going to be cooking <laughs> s'mores out at all the parks, Northwest Park, Breckenridge, Church Street Park, Morrisville Community, or the Healthy Food Hub, and uh, that's going to be on Thursday evening from 6 to 8, and then we also have um, tomorrow's National Night Out. Right. So, okay, so proving government does have a sense of humor with we have some, some of the elected officials. Steve Rao, council member of Morrisville, board member of the New American Economy. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure.